if it sounds crazy, you might as well do it. And if it sounds really crazy, you got to invite others to do it with you. Dizwins Radio, episode 1146, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. y'all real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show today's episode is brought to you by the old consult call got something that you're struggling with running wise maybe a little niggle hopefully not a niggle maybe something in terms of preparing for your next race looking ahead could i should i do this race or that race how should i structure my my training i'm not really sure exactly how best to proceed that's what the consult call is there for. We, we jump on the phone or we jump on the Skype or we jump on the Zoom or we pass back and forth. Carrier pigeons, whatever works best for you. We have a little conversation. Um, and, you know, after the end of 20, 30 minutes, something like that, we hopefully have a bit of clarity and uh, you have a, a better idea of how to move forward or at least kind of weigh in some pros and cons and something to, to chew on a little bit. But instead of it being rather amorphous, which there's a word for you. Uh, you've got a little bit clearer picture, a little bit more concrete idea of pros and cons, and then you're able to make the decision that is right for you. If that's something that might be helpful, we can we can make it happen. Disruns.com slash consultation is the link. Get yourself on my calendar. I give you a buzz, and uh, we figure something out. So if you want to talk, let's talk. Disruns.com slash consultation. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is not only a runner, but uh, he also is a race director for several races, um, which if you know anything about race directing, and I know just enough to maybe be dangerous, you know that it's a, it's a massive undertaking, pretty much full-time job for each race that you're doing, um, and probably one that is, is the most underappreciated uh, you know, gigs in, in running as well. Uh, probably you don't really know much about the race director unless you got something to complain about. So you know we're gonna we're gonna try to hear a little bit more about what race directing is is like. Some of the the highlights, obviously, talk about his running as well, and and who knows what else. Uh, so let's get the party started and officially welcome Mr. Trent Swanson to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Trent. Really appreciate it. It's great to be here, Danny. Great to talk to you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. And uh, if you want to, guys, if you want to check out some of the races that, that Trent directs, I, we're going to talk about them all a little bit probably at some point today. Um, AlgonquinUltras.org is, is a good home base. Like a lot of us that kind of run websites, you know, there's probably some updates that need to be made. Like, Lord knows on mine, I think I still say I'm in Florida. Y'all know I'm in Georgia now. But uh, th- th- there's at least some general information there. And any and any and every of the races that Trent directs also typically has like a Facebook group associated with it. So if you, if you you hear us talking about a race today and you're like oh that sounds interesting check out the facebook group um because you can get all your questions answered hear all the the highlights and and uh, probably get people talking you into it as well because you know how we operate like in the running world if, we, if there's a race we love we try to tell everybody about it and uh we'll, we'll get into all the the race names as we go uh trent's also on facebook if you want to find him there and disruns.com slash 1146 disruns.com slash 1146 if you uh, you know want to get back to the show today, obviously we'll have all the, the Facebook groups linked up, um, race titles, all of the things will be there as per usual. So, Trent, the way we always start off each episode of the show 
is with a, a pretty simple question. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more tricky, especially for you trail ultra people, which I kind of have a feeling might be more of your, uh, your, your speed, uh, just because there's a lot of good options out there. But one way or the other, it's a, it's a good place to start the conversation. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, Danny, that's a great question. To race, it's probably around the 15-mile, the 25K distance, which has changed over the years. I used to like running further distances. And uh, if it's a race, I would do a 25K, I think. Um, as far as going out on my own and just enjoying a nice long run, probably twice that, like a 50K, I really enjoy going out in the mountains or on the beach and uh, putting in some long miles. But races, I'm a, a little slower, a little older, and uh, – so I like the extended time sometimes given for the shorter distances, shorter per se for, for trail running sometimes. So right, yeah, it's 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 always uh, relative. You know, it's a sliding scale <laughs> right. of what's long and what's short in the running world because you can you can you know you hear, you talk to people on the track and they're like, oh my god, a long distance race like 800 meters, and then you, you talk to people on the <laughs> they, they run ultras and like, yeah, oh yeah, something short like like it's just a marathon, you know, it's no big deal. Like just you know just just uh, 26 miles or just a 50k, like yeah, you know, just a, just a little training run. Um, and then there's those of us that are like, oh my God, a marathon's a big deal, and 800 meters isn't that much, and 100 miles is just just ridiculous. So it's it's, 100 miles, yeah, you know, yeah. just just to, to each their own. Um, yeah. How'd you get uh, started in running, Trent? Sounds like you've been been around for a little while, doing doing some things in the sport for a while. Where'd you Where'd you first dip your toes into all things running? Yeah, that's interesting. Back in the fall of 2011, I I guess it's been that long now. Um, every year I used to play football on. Thanksgiving, we did a turkey bowl with uh, some friends from church and from around the community. And uh, one year, we, we always had we always had like a pretty good team. We had like four teams, and everyone competed. And I felt pretty proud about always putting together a pretty nice team against these other teams. And uh, one year, my buddy said to me, he's like, Trent, you know, your arm's still pretty good, but you can't run at all. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's, and it was like a two-hand, we call it two-hand shove pretty much, but uh, it was a pretty aggressive kind of, uh, you know, we get a little bit older and we think we can still play football. And uh, he's like, yeah, you can throw pretty good, but, you know, you can't run at all. And, you know, everyone's like, you know, taking you down and we didn't do too well. So anyway, I said, I can run. What are you talking about? And um, it just happened to be that uh, – you know, he said, well, why don't you meet the next week? And, and we met the next week and we went for a run and uh, we did kind of like the uh, the uh, Galloway method. I believe Jeff Galloway, where you do like a five minute run, one minute walk. And uh, and at the end, I mean, I was just dying, breathing like crazy, sweating. And and he's like, what did you think? And I said, when can we do this again? He's like, seriously? He's like, yeah. So I think that was like a Monday. And then the next time was a Wednesday. He's like, let's meet again on Wednesday. We met again at the end. He's and and the end. He said something that kind of struck stuck with me forever. Kind of like as a as a runner and also encouraging other people to run. He's like, you're a runner at the end. I'm like, well, no. We're kind of like running, walking. You know. I said we're not even you know going that fast or anything. He's like, no, no, no. You're a runner. You love this. And ever since then, I mean, I've been running ever since. You know, a few times a week, sometimes every day, depending on on what I'm doing with cross training, everything. So. You know, that's what really got me into it. Um, and and by that time, it was funny because we were kind of building up miles and we were doing like five or six miles um, every morning when we met. And uh, that was in the fall and during the spring. Spring started coming around and I said to him, and I was just kind of nervous to tell him this. I said to him, I said, you know, Kevin, I'm a, I think I'm going to do a 10K 
<laughs> and he's like, what? I'm like, I'm going to do a 10K. I said, we've built up to five miles. I'm going to do a 10K. I said, I think there's one in a few weeks. And he's like, well, why don't you do the half marathon? And my mind, I almost like just, my mind just blew. And I was thinking, there's no way I could do a half marathon. There was a, there's an island to island half marathon um, that was popular here. They went from uh, Ocean City, Maryland to Assateague. And he said, why don't you sign up for that? And, uh, and I did. And that was my first race. So in the spring of 2012, I want to say. So. Typical, typical running friend. Oh, you're thinking about doing a 10K. Why don't you run twice that far? Like, <laughs> and, and, and typical, you know. Yeah person who's been bit by the running bug running bug that's just like you know what like that sounds a little bit ridiculous but yeah sure why not let's let's go for it yeah i think that um if it sounds crazy you might as well do it and if it sounds really crazy you got to invite others to do it with you <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> so, um so so you kind of get started you know uh, get getting back into shape a little bit or, or at least you know kind of what it you know like you said you can't run as as a as as playing football on on thanksgiving with the with the with the friends or at least somebody tells you you can't so you got to prove them wrong and you, and you kind of uh for lack of a better way of saying it sounds like you fell in love with running pretty quickly yeah absolutely so ran the first half marathon in ocean city and then i looked and there was another one like the next month which was uh st michael's half marathon and i thought it was crazy i said you know what can i do this and i talked to a buddy of mine that ran a lot of marathons ran a few bostons called him boston john and i said john what do, what do i do here i mean what do i do how do i like you know recover and then taper and then come up again and do another one and he told me how to do it, which he probably just threw out some numbers, which, you know, eight miles is next Saturday, eight miles after that, and then you're ready to go again. I'm like, okay. So I did this St. Michael's half marathon, and all of a sudden my, my younger brother calls me up. He's like, let's do a marathon. I'm like, great. So uh, he lives in California. Of course, I live in Maryland. And not thinking straight because we don't really think straight a lot of times, it's, which makes us, you know, I think – it's part of our family. We don't really think things through all the time. So we said, uh, let's meet halfway through. So we met in Colorado and got destroyed by the uh, <laughs> you know, running in uh, light air. And that was my first marathon, rock and roll marathon in the fall of 2012. And then brought it back home, did the, a few here. Um, Rehoboth Beach has a really good marathon and just kept going from there. It's just marathon after marathon. So, gotcha. I mean, I was... It was all on the road, so I think a lot of people love the road, so it made sense at the time. Well, and, and I, I mean, I, and this is, you know, my own personal bias or, or whatever personal experience, I guess, but, like, the roads, depending on where you live, if you live somewhere where you feel safe walking outside your door and going for a run, like, it's hard to get more convenient than that. Like, unless, I, I guess, if you live right on a trailhead, then, then that would be the easiest way to do it for the trails, but for me, it's, it's, it's often right. been, you know, living in suburbia where it's like I can walk out the door in my subdivision and go run and knock out five, six, seven miles without feeling like I'm running in circles. Um, or I can get in the car and drive 25, 30 minutes to get to a trail and run for an hour and then 25, 30 minutes to drive home. Like it's it's a two hour endeavor or a one hour endeavor for about the same amount of distance. So it's 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 kind of convenient, at least in my experience, to just kind of start out on the roads. And sometimes you almost end up just kind of you don't know about the trail community, maybe st until you, you stumble into it somehow. Hey, it's you know, I think of it like this. I love ice cream. I love cake. I like ice cream more than cake. But, uh, you know, if cake is in front of me, I'm going to eat it. And, uh, you know, some days like this morning, I met a friend of mine, Angry Al, and we ran around, you know, around the park. We're pretty much on roads 
there, but you know, it doesn't make sense a lot of time. I'm still, I've got decent trails, but they're usually about a half an hour away. So it, it, when I say tr- decent, we'll talk about what decent is here, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it does make sense. You know, you got to get in your miles where you can get in your miles. And, you know, when I started off and we'd actually meet at a place that was right near, we actually meet at this park, Pemberton park to run roads and, you know, years later, we're putting on a huge event at Pemberton Park, all on the trail. So it's just you never know how running is going to change your life or how your life is going to change running. Oh, yeah. Isn't isn't that the truth? I mean, that's like, yeah, it's it, it's it's ridiculous to me to think that. I mean, whatever. It's it's 2023 right now. I mean, I mean, 15 years ago, I hated I hated running with like a white hot passion. Like it was like the worst thing it was like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. run like that's stupid. And now, now here I am. I mean, like, not only do, is running is just something that I do pretty near every day, but it's also kind of become, I mean, it has become my job. It's, 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 it's work, it's play, it's pleasure, it's hobby, it's, it's, it's all of the things. And yeah, it, it's definitely changed, changed me for, for hopefully for the better, but certainly changed me one way or the other. Um, yeah, yeah. Our, I think, our, you know, they, where they, they say the, uh, someone else's punishment is our, mm-hmm. is our sport. I say someone else's punishment is our passion. Yeah. And that same park where we'd meet and run roads one day, we finished up our five mile loop or six miles or something. And a buddy of mine, Joey says, Hey, Trent, you know, we were kind of a little bit ahead of these other two. And he's like, Hey, you want to go into these trails for like a, a mile? And it just, man, I was thinking I'm going to go on these trails and just trip and fall and break my face. But, uh, that was the very first time went on the trails and, uh, from there is love at first mile. What, what, since you kind of brought that up, that was going to be kind of where I wanted to go next anyway. What was it about the trails that, that hooked you from the beginning? Yeah, I think there's a different, I, for, for me, when I get on the trails, it's not always about looking at my watch and looking at my pace and thinking about, you know, focusing on how much quicker I can go. When I got on the trails, it was more like enjoying nature, looking around, kind of the, the quietness of the trails, but also the, I don't know, something about the trails just brought me back to nature, um, had me thinking a little bit more about life in general, um, instead of just like the, the sport itself. And, uh, you know, when I went through and, and ran on the trails, and there's some dirt trails back there, some of them are rooty, some of them are technical, but I mean, it's just, it's just a whole different feeling of, you know, listening to what's out there in nature, but also enjoying the trails with other people. So I guess it's, you know, I still enjoy roads at times, but trails really, I kind of struck a different chord to me. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever had this thought, but somehow about what, what you just said about just getting back into nature, it kind of clicked with me that, that I wonder if there's some, you know, deep rooted, you know, base of the brain type of subconscious thing for us as humans of like, like, you know, we've spent a lot more time over the course of our history, whether you think our history is, you know, six, 7,000 years or 150,000 years, you know, whatever your belief system happens to be, we spend a lot more time in nature either way than we have in, in suburbia and in urban life over the, you know, just the last, you know, handful of, of, you know, 50, 60, hundred years or whatever. Um, I, I just wonder if maybe there's something, that just kind of clicks. It's just like, this is, this is just kind of something that we as humans are more comfortable with is being in nature. It takes us back to, to that, you know, somewhere in our humble beginning. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just like, like, I wonder if there's just something about that. Cause I kind of feel the same way. Like, like you, once you get in the trails, it's just kind of like, Oh, like you don't look at the watch. You don't worry about your technology as much. You just kind of go. And it's, it's, it's a nice change of pace for me, for sure. 
Yeah, I don't know what to, what brings us back to that, but I kind of get that feel too. I don't know if it's the old hunter gatherness mm-hmm. from from years past generations, but I tell you what, we're blessed to have some some trails here close, and you know what we don't have in as far as mountains or you know boulders or we do have in in the way of sand and briars <laughs> and mud and. It's pretty much a dumpster fire of trails here. It's amazing. So. <laughs> Spoken like a true, a true trail runner. Like, yeah, it's just it's terrible, and I love it, and I can't get enough of it. You cannot get enough. I'm telling you, Danny. You're going to have to just, listen, pack your bags, come up to Del Marva. We're going to show you what trail running is all about here because yeah. it's way different than anywhere in the nation you come to. The Del Marva Peninsula, we have, uh, we, you know, one of our races, Algonquin 50K, it's all about mud and blood because uh, – they're not what you'd consider. They're not the kind of trails you're going to see on the cover of, of a trail magazine, trail runner, or, you know, so ultra running magazine. So, well, and, and, and that maybe is, is another one of the beauties of trail running is that, you know, paint, paint, if I'm painting with a broad enough brush, like road running is road running kind of, at least, at least in the U S pretty much wherever you go. Like, sure. You might get, you know, some places it's more mountainy, some places it's more, you know, uh, arid and, and some places more humid, cold, hot, whatever, like different weather conditions. But like, Road running in Florida is kind of the same as road running in New England is kind of the same as road running in the Midwest is kind of the same as road running out out west. Um, but trail running, I mean, you know, it's it's swamps versus it's it's the beach versus it's mountains versus it's granite versus yeah. it's it's like every place is going to be so much more reflective of the lo- of the location in terms of the trails because I mean, by kind of by definition, trails are what you've got in your area. So it's it's that's another kind of nice little draw to it of, of if you are traveling, and you can find a trail like you can really experience kind of what that area is all about versus on the road where it's it's kind of the same. It's just the scenery is a little different. Yeah, the best way I can explain it, Danny, is, you know, I've been out to Utah. I lived in Utah for a while and there's some amazing, beautiful trails there. You take pictures of all all the time. But the uh, I guess the best analogy I could think of is, uh, you know, I went to Thailand once and. And it almost like the, the I don't know, the, the uglier the food, the more delicious it was. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the trails are on Del Marva. You look at it and you're like, man, I don't know about that. And afterwards, you're like, that was amazing. So that's kind of the feel people get. You know, you're like, are we really going to run in this where there's snow bombs and water up to your knees and sand and just all sorts of things that you wouldn't normally think of in, in a running condition? And then afterwards, you're thinking, that was amazing. When can I come back? Right. So, you know, but you're right. I think we have to, you actually have to take what you have in your backyard and make the best of it. And I think that's what we've done um, in our organization. We have a Algonquin Ultras. Is, our whole mission is to, is to promote, expand, and improve trails on Del Marva. So our, our whole mission is a nonprofit. It's about putting on trail running events to bring people to this area, to promote this area, but also to get more people on Del Marva running. And we've had hundreds of people either come to run on our trails to participate in our event, but also I can't go to Walmart without running into an altar runner on Del Marva, which is amazing. You know, I go to my kids play and all of a sudden I'm sitting in like two rows up. They're like, Hey Trent, I'm going to go to, you know, feminine 24. So I think it's all about community, but also, you know, take what you got and make the best of it. Yeah, absolutely. So what was it that, that kind of, was there a moment? Was was there an instance? Was it was it a gradual progression to kind of get from I'm enjoying the trails, I'm enjoying running, maybe doing some races, whatever. But like, 
I want to I want to host some of these things. Like I want to create this organization to promote trail running and, and promote and get more people involved. Like like where did you take that that tr- that 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 turn into that part of of the running scene? Yeah, I think there was two pivotal moments. One of them was when I was running the uh, one of the half marathons beginning, and I was talking to my buddy John, and uh, I said, "This is awesome." He's like, "Yeah, we got this small running club. It was called it's called the Feminine Running Club," and uh, I said, "You know what? We could just put on our own half marathon, you know, just for fun." He's like, that's a great idea. So we had like a, a dozen people, and this was in the same fall of, of my first marathon. And we did the feminine half pretty much every year, just our, our running club. And we did that, I don't know, it must have been like four years or so. And then uh, we started getting into trail running, and there's a trail, the Algonquin, uh, the Algonquin, um, the Algonquin Trail System. And it's pretty much like a 12.5-mile trail from uh, pretty much from one town to another sort of in the in these this forest called the pokemon forest which if you look it up it's haunted but we <laughs> we negotiate with the goat man and he lets us run there um but uh and we went there once and one time we said let's go from one end to the other and back so it's like 25 miles and we went out there with a bunch of our buddies that, that run like the the swift brothers and and gay matico and chris Damone, and a bunch of us all showed up so we took off and nothing was really marked, and we were kind of trying to make our way. Where we took the first turn wrong, added a mile, and came back. So there's like two miles, and then we're going down. And, and Chris and I are trying to catch up with the other group, really strong runners. We missed another turn, and by the time we got to the turnaround at the end, um, my buddy Chris was like, hey, listen, my wife's going to have to pick me up, or I think someone came to pick him up, and he, he's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to run all the way back. So I ran all the way back and uh, realized by the end it was like 30 miles, and I thought, well, I just, just ran my first ultra. This is pretty amazing. Um, and, and I had a note on the car, I think with a Red Bull too, if not, I might be hallucinating on that one. But anyway, I think there was a Red Bull, and it said, hey, congrats on the run hope you had a great run and i was thinking you know what we could put on a race here and make it a 50k um and since that point there was one trail there the algonquin trail and we worked very closely with the maryland state forest and the maryland state parks and um that was in 2006 we put on our first our very first event uh, was the algonquin 50k in 2017 so we kind of came up with the idea sort of in the spring of 2016 when we ran these trails and um but since that time they've now created the yellow trail the orange trail the red trail um green briar trail so we are really our mission after since 2017 which was this would be the eighth year coming up next february um was to expand and improve and and promote trails where so it really has helped us with that mission but that whole run that first time with that group really just sparked something in us to think, you know what, there's some trails here that we could put on some really cool events. And um, we opened the first Algonquin 50K in 2016, I think in August. And August 1st, we had, I think, five or six people sign up the first day, um, which now the, the race sells out in like one year so down like 12 minutes in one year and like <laughs> last year it was like 45 minutes or something so it was kind of crazy the first year there was like five people signed up that first day and i remember um it was halloween night 
in Baltimore, and I was there with my kids and my wife, and we sold out mm-hmm. the first year in you know, October. And there was like, it was just 100 people, and people were asking us to expand it, so it went to 125. So the first event, 2017, was just pretty glorious because we learned something that we embraced what we had because before that we didn't really talk about how <laughs> inundated the trails were with water pretty much flooded and then we embraced that after the first year because all the pictures people never put pictures of beautiful trails on Delmarva they put the ugly ones and we just kind of took that and ran with it literally well you you feel like a little more of a badass when you're huffing through you know ankle knee deep knee deep water and snow flying <laughs> um like like the pretty yes. the pretty trails are nice but like you know yeah i mean look at that look at that picture you used of, of brandon Smith. Right. That, that's from algonquin that's from the we call it the snow bomb years 2021 and we were riding in the thick of covert which i mean we were we had you should have seen our COVID plan. it was probably thicker than les miserables i mean it was crazy and you know, we had to do so much to actually put on our races, but every race we had on Delmarva was able to function during COVID, which is just insane. It just goes to show, like, the people that that we were able to work with here as far as the health department, the police department, the parks, but also the crew that we work with from the Algonquin crew and, you know, the Tuckahoe group and and Pemberton 24, all these groups come together and, and make it happen. But yeah, nobody wants to see the beautiful, we have some beautiful trails on the Algonquin 50K and we never see pictures of it because everyone wants to take pictures of them running through the mud. <laughs> so Algonquin 50K, that's that's a, a tough one to get into, but if you're so fortunate, you know, maybe you can, you can if, you, if you sign up within the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes, set your alarm for when the, the sign up goes live, you can get into that one. Uh, what are, what are, what's another race? I think you mentioned Pemberton 24 once or twice. What's What's that race all about? Yeah, let me. I don't know when this audio is coming out, but the Pemberton twenty, no, the Algonquin fifty k opens up this Friday, which is the twenty first, seven p.m. Um, the Pemberton twenty four. Now this is the crazy. I love so. I don't like every race. Then is like a kid. It's like which kid do you love the most? You know, it's like. So I've got like, I got three major kids. Mostly, you know, like the Algonquin, uh, Pemberton, and Tucko, and I've got like you know, a few smaller kids, but those three big ones are like, it's hard to say which of those three I love the most. And I do have three kids too. So which one do I love the most? can't answer that. We, we won't but answer that. We, maybe we can parse hairs on, on races, but we're not going to get into the kids. That, that side. Yeah, of it. Well, well let's just have two sons and a daughter. We all know I love the daughter the most. Come on. Um, <laughs> Layla, I love you. Lucas, Liam as well. But, um, so one day I was, I, I work in, in sales, I'm in pharmaceutical sales, and I was out in, in uh, Texas and uh, flying home once, and uh, I had like no internet on the flight, and and I was thinking about some events that that are put on that you know push people to the limit to see how far they can go. Um, a lot of the backyard events and mm-hmm. and the races, you know, I was you know Laz is amazing, and I was thinking about some of his, his events, and I was thinking, you know, what would be something unique we could do on Delmarva, and I thought of like doing a, a 5k every hour on the hour for 24 hours and i thought this is this is kind of insane and i said well if it's if it goes for 24 hours then it can't be like a backyard where it just goes on forever so how can we make it unique um and so on this flight from from uh 
from Dallas back to, to Maryland, I kind of started putting some pieces together. And then I was running with my buddy Chuck, and he and I came up with like a point system of how that if you're running, you got to run fast, but you got to run a lot of them. And whoever runs the fastest gets the most points. And it's you get extra points for being one of the top five males, females, or team members. Anyway, so that was back in, uh, I guess it's going to be five years this year. So however many backwards five years ago. Um, it, it's basically you've got team events which you got teams of four and then you've got individuals and everybody runs a, I mean, it's just a 5k, Danny. So it's easy, right? Just a 5k. Um, but you start, we start at 7 PM on a Friday night and we go until 7 PM on Saturday night. Um, people always ask why we start in the evening because we literally want to destroy everyone at night getting really tired. And by the next morning, you know, some of them are going strong and some not so much because they get sleep deprived and tired and everything. So um, it's, I mean, it's such a fun event. It's like a big party. I tell people it's, it, it takes, it doesn't take much to mark a 5K, but we're there for 24 hours. So setting it all up is, is fairly easy, but then it's like dominoes. I mean, just think, you know, putting together one 5K race, is difficult, but doing 24 in a row, and if just one messes up, it's like dumb. It's like if you mess up one, the whole thing is just mm-hmm. obliterated. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So it's tough. And luckily, I mean, I'm talking about the point system. We basically scan in every runner as they come in. And my buddy Todd Bellamy created this program because he's an IT genius. He created a program, a whole scoring system program that, uh, that when we scan people in, it automatically sets it up, updates, and people can go on their phone and, and follow their point system. Crazy. Yeah, talk about dominoes, and one thing goes, like, y- y- you just make it more complicated by adding all the tech and the scanning and the different point system. Like, it, it'd be, you know, I mean, it, it makes it unique, of course, and it makes it, I'm sure, as, as, as popular of an event as it is. But goodness gracious, just the layers of complexity, and I, I'm sure I'm just, you know, sniffing the surface of it, and it just sounds, it kind of has my head spinning a little bit. Yeah. No, it's it's very complicated. We figure if we can't make it complicated on the trails, we make it complicated in your head. Um, but the Feminine 24, the team's event, there's 50 teams. Uh, it sold out in 30 minutes. Very popular, the team event. Um, the individual event is sold out. It took a few days. But um, what's, I think what's appealing to it is really like, let's say, okay, so my son, he's 14. He likes to run. But he doesn't want to run like an insane amount. So he's got a group with three of his friends. They had a team last year. I think they're going to have a team this year. He's got a he's got a good connection if he wants to get in. But um, <laughs> he knows a guy. <laughs> he, he knows a guy. So last year he had a team, and you know they're teenage kids. They ran like three five Ks, and then they went to sleep. Some of them went home, and then they came back the next day did a few more. So that's the nice thing. You don't have to do them in a row. You can do as, as few or as many as you want. So you get this team event, right? And let's say it's a team of Trent and Danny and, you know, and, and Joey and, and Al, you know, whatever. You get four of us, and Danny's like, I'm doing them all. And I'm like, you know, I think I want to do 10 of them to get like a 50K. And then someone else is like, you know, I'm only going to do a few of them, but I really want to race them fast and get extra points for the team. So it's whatever you want to do. It's like a big party. And the nice thing is we got teams that are just like a bunch of friends and some of them do, you know, some people even do like one or two 5Ks and they love it. So um, 
And we got a mega huge aid station that they come through and they just get food galore and then they go back to their, well, everyone gets a campsite as part of the event and they just sit there, hang out, talk and everything. So it's cool. It sounds like, and, and correct me where I'm wrong, but it sounds like this would be like the perfect, I don't know, intro, perfect kind of, like if you were thinking about doing a hundred, a hundred miler, right. And you were like, God, I don't know, running through the night and like, like the, the whole sleep deprived thing running for 30 hours or whatever the case might be. Um, this could be a pretty good kind of test the waters of, you know, however many five K's you do, whether you do all of them, whether you just do every other, but you're kind of there and up and kind of, you know, go through that whole sleep deprivation cycle and running at night, but you're got other people, you're never out in the woods all by yourself, like, like for forever out there. Cause it's, it's a five K loop. Like you, you kind of come back around through every time. Um, sounds like it could be a really good kind of springboard into doing some type of overnight run by yourself or overnight race type of, of scenario. Am I, am I missing anything or is that kind of maybe a, a decent thought? Yes. No, you're absolutely spot on. Um, I've, I've done a hundred miler and I've done some adventure runs like the rim to rim to rim and ran around, um, you know, the wonder trail. And every time I, someone's trying to do something on a long distance like that, I always tell them that the, the best thing you can do is learn to, to run when you're tired. And this is a perfect, like you said, springboard for an event like this. There was a guy, Jimmy Wilson, He's from the other side of the bay, but we don't hold it against him. He actually, you know, threw a wrench in a whole system. I, it was last year, maybe the year before. I can't remember now. But um, he actually ran the 5K and then ran an extra mile, I think, each time. And we didn't know about this till the end, or we would have put a squash to it. But he actually ran 100 miles at the Feminine 24, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's what he did. He actually added a mile after each 5K. And we only found out at the end because we take a picture of everyone that's done all 24 of the 5Ks, which comes out to about, I think it's about 10 to 15% of people do them all. Um, and we couldn't find this guy. We're like, where's Jimmy? And then we found out that he was doing that, and he was, it was a pretty cool accomplishment. Um, he was out for but he didn't get mile. anything extra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the next thing, he, he got nothing extra. No one gets anything. Actually, when people finish, and the first year we figured out, one guy pretty much said he was leaving, and then he came back. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if he did that on purpose or what. But then he came back, and it kind of, you know, we had to add him back to the system and everything. So it was kind of like threw a little bit of a curveball to us. So now we got a system that if you're done running at the Pemina 24, you, you patch out. So you're like, hey, we're going to patch out. And we got a quitter's couch. So you sit on the quitter's couch. <laughs> that way you're not like harassing us at the finish line. And we go to the quitter's couch and we're like, hey, what are you, what's up? And they're like, I'm patching out. I'm done. So we give them a patch. Once you get that patch, you're done. So some people go back and you know, they rest for a few hours and they go run some more. And then, you know, say there's like two more and they're like, I'm done. I'm going to patch out. So we give them a patch. Um, but it's a good way to actually, like you said, to figure out how far you want to go. If you do them all, it's 74.4 miles. Um, you don't get anything extra if you go 75. So <laughs> 74.4 is enough, I guess, at that point. It is true. But one year, I'm telling you, Danny, it might be this year when you come. You're coming to this one, right, Danny? <laughs> Did you say that? I think you mentioned before our call. So one year i'm sure there's going to be a tie so the point system you get you get five you get four extra points if you win the 5k and everyone gets a point for actually doing the 5k and not to get too crazy about the points but if you do them at night you get double points which is we want people to do at night get sleepy so if it's a tie we're going to have a a sprint for point six like we know the route already we've never had to do it i'm just waiting for it to happen i can't wait so (laughs) Two or more individuals, if it's more than a two-way tie, are going to race 0. 0.6 
for the final hurrah of the permanent 24, but it hasn't happened yet, so let's hope for a tie. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) let's hope for a tie. No no, no one has ever been as hopeful for a tie as you are about putting this extra little record out there. uh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it wouldn't end as a tie because we're not European soccer. But <laughs> if they actually have a tie, right? All we need, Danny, is a good voice. Do you know anyone like with a really good like podcast voice out there? I mean, just to, like I, I, don't, I don't know, I, mean, I don't know. But I, I can, I lend, saying. I can lend a, a half baked, uh, you know, nor- northern boy <laughs> move to the south voice if, if necessary. <laughs> I mean, just anyone with like maybe from Georgia, puts on podcast. <laughs> oh man, maybe it's done over laid it on thick. I like it. I like it. I just like I'll put up the campsite right by the house. So no, it's I. I mean, we love the permanent twenty four. We love that event. Um, but a lot of times people say, you know what? I'm not sure how far I can go. Mm-hmm. And permanent twenty four is a good kind of get a feel for how far you can go. Um, we we have a race also in November that we put on with the Crushers. It's a it's a group of uh, um, female ultra runners. They're amazing in uh, Centerville, Maryland. There's a park near there called the Tuckahoe State Park, and we put on this to be our fifth year putting that on. It's a 25k, and they're just the perfect time of the year, the perfect trails because where we have Algonquin, it's flat as can be. Pemberton's pretty flat, um, but at Tuckahoe, there's rolling hills. Um, there's a lot of, um, it's not difficult, but it's not easy and there's very few roads. So that one, you know, sells out right away as well. So the, the taco 25 K is, uh, is amazing. Kind of middle distance we'd say for trail running or short distance, 25 K. I don't know. Good, good distance there as well. So, and is, is that your, uh, going back to your third, third race child that you, that you can't pick your favorite? Is that, is that your third one? Yes. Those three are the, are the children. Now there is like. There's that crazy cousin out there too that we haven't talked about, but well, let's talk about it. Unless unless we really don't want to talk about it. Uh, you know, if you have people that are listening, they're like, these all sound good, but I need something that's like absolutely back crap crazy. So two years after we started Algonquin, my buddy Gabe was like, hey, what if we have people run a 50k before the 50k? <laughs> and and I thought I was the crazy one and he said I said what do you mean he's like well I said where would this be he's like oh we won't tell anyone until the actual day of the event so for the last five years we've put on the duck 100k and it's pretty much a 50k before the Algonquin 50k to create the Delmarva Ultra Challenge. That's what DUCK stands for. D-U-C, okay. And uh, so runners actually get a text or an email or a phone call, um, and they check in to the Algonquin packet pickup, but we keep it to under 30 runners, and they have to qualify for by having run a 50-miler and have night experience, whatever that means, is judgmental there, whatever night experience. I mean, there's some crazy night experience that people put on there. But, um, and it's pretty much changes every single year, so no one knows where it is. Um, and so we've had some uh, really good locations and some crazy locations, some difficult locations, some easy locations. It's just uh, when we – during COVID, we basically – I mean, could you imagine, like – it's COVID 
and you got two guys that are like, hey, we want to put on a race that we've never put on in a location we never put on during COVID, and somehow we were able to to do it after actually two rejects, three rejections that year. Okay. So we never know what's going to happen. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's 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 not only just kind of you know crazy cousin just in terms of the the logistics of it but like i mean just in terms of like the challenge of it of of you know 50k and then the 50k but yeah like like oh yeah just like we don't know where it's going to be you don't know exactly how to train for it y'all don't even necessarily i'm assuming like you kind of have some ideas of places in the future but like you know like you said sometimes they get rejected sometimes you gotta you gotta pivot like what a what a does that one sell out pretty pretty much as quick as everything else does as well? Yeah, it sold out in like an hour um, last year. The uh, yeah, it. I think there's been years where I've spent more time and energy on that. Luckily, the last few years not as much. But um, you're right. It's it's a it's a it's a logistic juggernaut every year. And the thing is, so here's the crazy thing. I mean, with say with like Algonquin, Pemin, and Tuckahoe. You know, every year we can tweak things and make it better, mm-hmm. right? You can. We've added like a Tucker. We've added an aid station at a at another location. It started out there was only two aid stations, and now there's three. Um, and Algonquin, we've we've changed the course. Um, the first year to the second year, we changed it so that it wasn't 33 miles. It was only like 32. I don't know why we did that. Anyway, <laughs> and that so. But the thing is, it's like those you build the house, all you're doing is changing things on it, right? Tweaking and making it better. The the duck is pretty much like you're building a new house every year. So, you know, it's when you build a new house every year, a new foundation, new places and everything. It's like, you know, you, it, yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, to, to your point, I, I've run a few races where it was like the first iteration of the race and then you run it again the next year or, or you know, a couple of years later or whatever. And you can see some of the change, like, like, you know, the first time you run it and, and, you know, even people that are experienced that have, that have directed races that have run hundreds of races, they, they're looking at it and going, oh yeah, this should be fine. And then, you know, you get a couple hundred or a couple thousand people out there or whatever the, the size of the race is. And all of a sudden there's a bottleneck or there's a, there's a, a backup or there's, there's some kind of nonsense that you didn't think about beforehand. So you, you're able to tweak that and correct it. But yeah, you're putting out a new, right. a new race every year. You know, you can have all the experience you want in terms of doing these types of things and kind of knowing some things to look out for, but there's always going to be a few, at least there's always the potential for a few things that fly under the radar and you don't realize until you get there. And then, oh yeah, by the way, next year we're, we're starting from scratch and doing it all over again. <laughs> it's a new recipe every year. Yeah. The nice thing is we've had like really good like support from uh from the local running community. We've got you know the Gabe that puts on the the duck the race director. He um he always brings in a few people that no one knows who they are until after a lot of times. But like this this past year he had um Nate and Matt help him out. So they've experienced ultra runners that go out and and test the course and everything. So, but yeah, it is um. You know, logistically, it's tough every every year, um, but every race is tough every year as well because you never know the conditions. Right. You know, the Algonquin um, um, this past year was, I think it was like 19 degrees, so it was really cold, and you have to, you know, adjust for everything. We do a race in August because it's really hot and muggy and soupy and just sick. Um, called the Naylor Mill 7K, which I think it's like more of 11K nowadays, but you can't change the name or the distance really on ultra sign up is a little too tough. I can't figure out how to do that. Um, but that one is the, um, Naylor mill. And then 
and it's it used to be called the bacon run because we thought it'd be good to just have bacon, but now there's like bacon and scrapple and pork. I don't know what pork rolls and chorizo and everything. But anyway, it's a night run. And one time we had the heat index of 105 degrees. It was insane. Yeah. But you just figure out how to do it. We had a little place where people could, um, you know, exit early. And then we had like wet, you know, ice towels. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we actually bring brought in even those fans that you see at Lowe's that you put on buckets and they bring cold. So I, you know, it's, it's not, we always say there's not bad weather per se. There's bad planning, but sometimes there's bad weather and bad planning and sometimes you know it's you know the the year of the uh the uh snow bombs at algonquin because of the conditions it was freezing rain um very wet very cold um and we had a lot of people that we had to pull for safety reasons Mm -hmm. um and you got it i mean the end of the day you want to put on a tough event but you also want to make sure everything everybody's safe and everybody's taken care of so i think we had to pull like 60 people um from that race but um you know you have cutoffs for reasons and you know i've i've been on both sides where i've been pulled i've had to pull people and you know neither are ideal and it's not something you want to do whether you're running or pulling people but yeah as we're as we're getting close to to wrapping up, Trent, I I, I would love and maybe this is maybe uh, part of the no. the answer. I mean, um, <laughs> but like, what what are some of the harder parts or, or the things that people don't realize that that you as a race director, you as the the creative genius behind some of these these challenging races, um, what what are some of the, the the tougher parts that that you know it's like like any job, you know, there's always parts of it that you don't particularly care to do. I mean, pulling people from a course has to be, I would imagine, probably on there. But what are some other you know, difficult aspects of race directing. Well, with the polling part, I mean, that is very difficult. Um, we've actually implemented a few things that have helped with that, like putting signs, letting people know what the cutoff is like a mile before. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more of an understanding there. And you learn that through, through experience of race directing. Um, I think one of the most difficult, just know for every email I send out, I've thought about it three or four times and usually I've written like one or two drafts of it. It's, you know, a lot of the answers that people have are on, you know, Ulta sign up or run sign up or whatever platform someone's using. But just to understand that there are people that do this full time. You know, in my case, it's, it's pretty much a, a hobby, uh, almost all in companies, encompassing all um, um, hobby. But I think the best thing to understand is that, you know, we try to put all the ducks in a row. We try to get everything right. Um, and, you know, we ask people to be patient and, and understanding, but we also know that people are, have these things on their calendar as their goal as well. So what we try to do is actually have everything implemented a week before and that week before the race that we could just put out fires and try to be there for people in communication and understanding. So I think the best advice I can give runners is if you have a question, just be sure to ask it more than a week out from a race um, because uh, things get a little time constraints or can be an issue there but um no i mean it's very rewarding um but it's also you know when you have to pull someone or someone doesn't meet the goal or you know it's 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 challenging to to have to pull someone especially you know when when we do these races a lot of times i know like you know a third of the people or half of the people and so it's like friends that you see that that um haven't completed what they wanted to complete and and uh, I know how they feel not only as a race director, but as a, as a runner as well, having done uh, quite a few ultras myself. So, And and maybe we'll make this the, the 
the philosophical question. I usually try to wrap up with a, with a philosophical question, but um, how did how has has being like you said just now from be, both, I, the struggle with both from from it as a running you know the perspective of a runner and also the perspective of a, of a race director. Um, but how has has being a runner made you a better r- race director and then vice versa? Like I said, we got to make this philosophical. How is being a race director made you a better runner? Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to run a race now without seeing everything that goes on behind the scenes as well. Um, I ran the the Funt about 25K in January, and uh, Carl does an amazing job there. He's been the race director there for years. And every turn I see, I think, oh, they thought about this turn. They put an error here. Okay, this makes sense. And so I'm doing everything like as a runner, but I can't do a race as a runner without looking at the logistics behind it. And vice versa, I can't do anything as a race director without without thinking. If I was running this, would I see this turn? Would I understand? Would this aid station make sense? Should this have more of this or more of that? And so as you, I guess, develop as a race director, you never want to like, you always have to run some races. You know, if you're not running races, I feel like you're losing touch with what it is to be an ultra runner or a trail runner. So, um, so I kind of think that the more I run, and I always say my best ideas come on the run. So when I tell my buddies, hey, I got this great idea for a race, they're like, you must have gone on the run. It just <laughs> opens your mind. But being a runner first and a race director second, it helps me better understand. And, you know, when I get that radio and I've got a race, I've got an aid station captain saying, hey, listen, I got, you know, this guy or this lady here that they really, really, really want to keep going, even though it's over the cutoff. I have to let them know that, listen, you're not quitting. We're pulling you. And we're pulling you because of our permits, because of our insurance, because of safety reasons, because of the, the volunteers that are out here. And so just, I think, showing compassion but also being, you know, I wouldn't say stern, but just being understanding the whole bigger picture of, of a race from the aspect of, you know, the, the park and the volunteers and the crew and the runners and the people that are all around, I think, helps create a, a better event for everyone. Yeah. Well, clearly what you're, you're doing is working. When you've got races that are signing out in, in minutes or even hours or even just a few days, I mean, goodness gracious, it signs up, it sells out in a few days. Like, oh my gosh, um, it's, it's, it's working. The, the word's getting out there. People are loving your events. So, so keep on keeping on. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, any of those, those uh, you know, the, the three favorites or a couple of the, the, the creepy cousin races uh, stood out to you, you want to check them out. Um, again, algonquinultras.org is kind of the main website and each race has its own Facebook group. We'll have those linked up in the show notes. But, you know, you know how it is when it comes to making Facebook links. Like, it's all, you know, slash and numbers and nonsense. So we're not going to give you those here. But go, <laughs> go find them on Facebook. We'll, them up. we'll link them up. in the yeah. show notes for you. Make it easy to find as well. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1146. will get you there. Dizruns.com slash 1146. And, and who knows? No promises. But maybe you'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll be at one of these races one of these times. It's, it's, Danny, you, know, you got you to gotta come out. Our whole thing is spoiling people while they suffer. You know, we don't want them to miss out on suffering or of being taken care of. So yeah, we'd well, love to have you out there. You do it. You do a good job, Trent, of threading the needle of like, this sounds terrible, but it also sounds awesome, which has got my, my interest perk. So we'll see. But uh, Trent, thanks like for, for the time today. I certainly uh, appreciate it. Looking forward to, to, like I said, maybe getting up to one of those races, one of these, one of these times, meeting you in person. Um, but until then, thanks. Thanks again for the time today. I, I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks. Andy. Thanks for having me. 
All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Trent and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, you know, a few things that, that kind of bubbled up or, or you know, things that, that uh, could qualify as my takeaways. But uh, when we started talking about trail running there towards towards the end, and just making use of, or, or maybe not making use. I mean, that's what he kind of is doing as a, as a race director. But just embracing what makes your your part of the world home when you know when it comes to running on the trails, and whether that's the swamps and the alligators that I used to call home in Florida, whether that's the uh, the mud and the clay here in Georgia, and, and all the poisonous snakes, which still still uh, I guess waiting for that my first real real close trail incursion with a nope rope. Um, not really looking forward to it, but it, you know, it's going to happen here eventually, whether it's, I mean, shoot, it happens on the roads, let alone on the trails, but one way or the other, you're kind of embracing those things, embracing the plains and the cornfields and place embracing the mountains or the sand or the, whatever it is in your area. Um, you know, like I said, road running and road running is great. And I do most, that's mostly what I do. Um, but you know, outside of the Hills, the road running is not that dramatically different. Um, you know, running through a neighborhood in Florida versus running through a neighborhood in, in Georgia versus running through whatever your neighborhood is, you know, it's, it's kind of a neighborhood, right? Um, but the trails, you know, getting out and embracing that, that, the, the, the features of your area, um, it's different, different everywhere you go, different. I mean, shoot, it'd be different, you know, a couple counties over sometimes, let alone a couple States over, let alone other side of the country, other side of the world. So, you know, just, just maybe, maybe. My takeaway today is that, um, you know, embrace the trails more, which not that I feel like I haven't embraced them, but I haven't gone all in and maybe, maybe it's that time. I don't know. We'll see to be determined. Still too convenient to just walk out the door, but maybe, maybe making a little bit more effort on a little bit more regular basis to, to go explore some of the trails, not just the ones that are, you know, 10 minutes down the street, but maybe go, you know, drive half an hour, 45 minutes. If there's a good state park. Um, and spend a couple hours exploring, you know, go, go knock out 15, 20 miles, which would be more than a couple, a couple hours, but you get where I'm going with this. Embrace the trails, explore the, the world that you live in. Um, at least that's, that's my takeaway from today and something that maybe just maybe might make it more of a priority. I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, my gears are spinning and I'm kind of, kind of, kind of itching. We'll see what happens. I'll keep you posted. Anyway, what about you? What stood out from you to, from today's episode? Something similar, something different? Let me know. Uh, at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Of course, you can send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And if you're so inclined as to leave a comment in the on the show notes for today's episode to live live there in perpetuity, Dizruns.com slash 1146 is the link. Dizruns.com slash 1146. I'll get you back to the show notes for today couple of photos links to to all of the races and the facebook groups if there's anything along those lines that uh we talked about today that might be of interest to you you can check that out as well disruns.com slash 1146 so with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up y'all one last time if you need a little help a little guidance or would like my opinion my two cents check out the the consult calls they are available disruns.com slash consultation get yourself on my calendar we can chit and chat and hopefully help you move forward past whatever it is that you're struggling with currently and uh, with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up y'all thanks for the time thanks for the attention thanks for taking trent and i with you today until next time y'all be well take good care thanks again for listening and uh, we'll talk soon right later y'all